Oh, good evening, Psalm 119, and we next come to the next stanza, the next verse, and it starts at verse 65 of Psalm 119. Um, you have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy and inerrant word. Uh, this is a stanza, a verse of Psalm 919 that meditates on two things together that you might not necessarily immediately think belong. God's goodness and our affliction and the acknowledgement of God's goodness in our affliction. And frankly, how these things go together in Christian experience is very frankly one of the most important things that we ever do in the Christian life. A Christian in affliction will reveal much about their heart. And in the midst of affliction, your acknowledgement of the Lord's goodness and your confidence in the Lord's providence is one of the surest indications of the Spirit's work in your heart, in your life. And this verse, this stanza of Psalm 119 is a meditation on that truth. In this section of Psalm 119, the psalmist is acknowledging that he needed discipline that he needed the discipline of the Lord in his life and that discipline came to him in the context of affliction now that affliction is not specified the affliction could have been persecution of the unbelievers that he mentions already in verses 69 and 70 or it could have been a more active affliction by the Lord of him or it could have been both or more but throughout the psalm the psalmist acknowledges that this discipline was one of the ways that the Lord dealt well with him, dealt wisely with him. Twice we read that the Lord humbled the psalmist. Verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Verse 71, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. In both of these instances, the affliction that he experienced humbled him and actually set him on the way of the Lord. He does not tell us what form that humbling was. Was it physical suffering, emotional anguish? Could it have been the mental suffering of the lies and the insensitivities of those unbelievers that we've already mentioned in verse 69 and 70? But whatever the form was, the psalmist accepts it from God as divine discipline and he acknowledges to Almighty God that it was wise and it was effective. The first thing to look at is the Lord's wisdom and goodness in his dealings. The first of four acknowledgements that the psalmist makes that are important for all of us Christians, especially when we go through affliction. And as you think about God's goodness in our affliction, please see these four acknowledgements. The first thing I want you to see is an acknowledgement from the psalmist of the Lord's wisdom and goodness in his dealings. The psalmist cries out and we ought to be able to cry out in all of our afflictions, Lord, you're good and do good. Now, I know that all of us at times in our afflictions do not feel like saying that, but we want to get there because there are times in our afflictions where we do not feel like saying that or by saying that it is hollow. But we're in the best place in our afflictions when we can get there and say, Lord, you are good and you do good. 
And look at how the psalmist acknowledges that. Verse 65. You have well dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. The psalmist acknowledges the wisdom of God in dealing with him. Lord, the way that you dealt with me was good and wise. You are good and you do good. And the way that you dealt with me was good and wise because it was according to your word. Just like your word teaches me that you're going to deal with me, you dealt with me that way. And I want to acknowledge your goodness, O Lord. And then look at verse 68, the direct assertion. You are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. Do you hear the psalmist? It's like the hymn writer, for I know whatever befalls me, he doeth all things well. And that is what the psalmist is saying here. Lord, what has befallen me, I would have never in a million years have drawn up for myself. I would not have prayed for it. I wouldn't have asked for it. And I do not enjoy it. And I wish it were different. But having reflected on my affliction and your goodness, I can say, O oh Lord, you do all things well. Verse 68, you do good and do good. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Now, I'm not rushing you suffering saint to always be at that point. I know that sometimes that is a long process and sometimes there are pits and darkness, darknesses in that process. And sometimes you're there and then you lose it and then you get it back again. But it should be our desire and an aspiration of our hearts and our afflictions to be able to say, you're good and do good. Teach me your statutes. And we are never safe until we're there, are we? We're never safe until we are there. That's the first acknowledgement I would love you to see. The acknowledgement of the Lord's wisdom and his goodness in his dealings with us, even in our afflictions. And secondly, the Lord's use of affliction for our good. The acknowledgement. The psalmist gives us a clear acknowledgement of the Lord's use of afflictions for the good of the believer. And he in effect prays. Lord, you use even afflictions as a blessing for me. Lord, you use even affliction as a blessing for me. And he prays that we ought to aspire to pray it. Look at verse 67 and verse 71. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your words. An acknowledgement he was wandering and the Lord's, and the Lord's affliction got his attention. You have my full attention, Lord. I went astray, you sent affliction. You taught me your word and I keep it. And then look at verse 71. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The psalmist is acknowledging the Lord used affliction in his life to keep him from straying, to teach him his statutes. So he acknowledges the Lord's use of affliction for his good. Randy Alcorn says provocatively, God sometimes uses pain to get our attention. And if that is true, it is also true that God uses affliction to get our attention but not only to get our attention but to do us good Jeremiah 22 verse 21 I spoke to you in your prosperity but you said I will not listen this has been your way from your youth that you have not obeyed my voice and here the psalmist says I understand that sometimes when things are good I turn a deaf ear to God but in affliction he has my full attention but it is not just attention, it is blessing. You remember Job. I don't think there are too many of us who want to sit on the pew next to Job and say, you know, Job, I know you had it bad, but let me tell you about my life. Most of us, I think, would be a little embarrassed about our afflictions if we were sitting next to Job in church. That was a man who was 
deeply and profoundly afflicted in manifold ways that are far beyond what we will ever experience in life. And yet if you look at Job 42, look at what Job says about that experience at the end of the experience. This is Job's assessment of what God had been doing in his life. Job 42, 1-6. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear and I will speak. I will question you and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. It is a stunning statement. Lord, I had heard of you. I thought I knew you, but now I have seen you. Through this affliction I have come to see who you are, what you are like, and you are right and I am wrong. It is this acknowledgement that, Lord, you are good and you do good even in my affliction. And the Apostle Paul gives us even more encouragement than that in Romans when he tells us that God works all things for good for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. Romans eight thirty-five to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written... For your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, the Lord uses everything, even affliction, for our good. The third acknowledgement, the blessing of good judgment and true knowledge. This is an, an acknowledgement by the psalmist of the blessing of good judgment and true knowledge. He in effect is praying, Lord, you want me to grow in true knowledge and good judgment. And we ought to pray the same way. Lord, in what we are experiencing in life, give us true knowledge and good judgment. Look at what he says in verse 66 and verse 72. Verse 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge for I believe your commandments. Verse 72, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold or silver pieces. Notice he is saying that in the Lord's dealings with him he has grown in true knowledge. Ignorance does not sanctify, truth does. How did Jesus pray in the upper room on the night when he was betrayed? Father, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. True knowledge is the instrument of the Holy Spirit in your sanctification. And the psalmist is acknowledging that right here. Lord, all of this dealing that you've been doing with me has driven me to your word. And what has your word given me? True knowledge. How has that helped me? It has grown me up, Lord. I needed true knowledge and you have given it to me. And it has given him good judgment. Do you notice that in verse 66? Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Have you ever run into a really, really smart person who did not have common sense? You know, you can know a lot and not have good judgment. And the psalmist does not want to be one of those people. He wants to be have true knowledge that sanctifies, but he also wants good judgment. How do you get that from the word at work in your heart, in your life? And he says, teach me good judgment and knowledge. Many have knowledge and little judgment, little discernment, little discretion. And he is saying, Lord, give me discretion, give me discernment, give me good judgment by your spirit from your word. And the fourth acknowledgement is 
he acknowledges the Lord's blessing is often attended by the world's cursing. He acknowledges the Lord's blessing is often attended by the world's cursing. So he prays in effect, Lord, I will delight and keep your law, even in the face of the lying and insensitivity of the world. Verse 69, the insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. So notice he accepts even the smears and the lies and insensitivity of the insolent people as a humbling that the Lord has given to him. It reminds you of David marching out of Jerusalem after the rebellion of Absalom and that wicked fool Shimei up on the hill on the crest of the hill shouting down curses on David and spouting out mocking smearing lies. What does David do? He keeps his mouth shut. His men say, Lord, they, you know, let us take a shot at him. We could take him down. And he says, no, just let him talk. And he mocks and he mocks and he mocks. And the psalmist says, Lord, even that was good for me. It just drove me to your word. It drove me right to your words. Do not think that when the Lord is teaching you that the world will necessarily like you. When the world mocks and lies about you, let it drive you to the words. That's going to be so important in the days ahead. That the mocking of the world doesn't turn you away from the word, but into the word of God. And that you recognize that the Lord's blessing does not necessarily mean the world's blessing, but often invokes, involves the world's cursing. Four acknowledgements from this great passage. I commend them to them to you tonight. If you find yourself in a place of affliction, remember your saviour as well learned obedience from what he suffered. And if your saviour learned obedience from what he suffered, surely you can learn godliness and contentment and the goodness of the Lord God, even in your afflictions. May the Lord bless the word and encourage you. Look forward to seeing you on the Lord's day. Amen.